costly issues and problems later, call today at 353-5053. That's 353-5053. Harbin Lumber Company. All they need is an opportunity. They will earn the rest. Roy Philpott on WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Right now, back at 105.5 The Roar. Hanging out with Ben, I am Roy. Back after the week hiatus, and great to be with you. Stormy in the upstate as we speak. Make sure you are careful driving around outside. There are a couple of lines of heavy storms not only making their way through upstate South Carolina, but just transitioning through metro Atlanta. You know how the weather works a lot of times. If you've lived in the upstate for a number of years, if it's going through Atlanta, it's probably coming through here. And that indeed will be the case later on this afternoon. So it's kind of a train of storms expected to go through upstate South Carolina throughout the day. Be careful if you are driving around and give yourself a little bit of extra time, especially if you're going to get the kiddos from school over the course of the next couple of hours. First hour in the books and heavy on college basketball. Haven't talked a lot of college football just yet with the orange and white game this weekend. We'll get more into that as we go through the program Kind of comparing championships, which I guess it's a pretty good spot to be in if you think about it. How many states in the country right now can claim a national champion in football, a national champion in baseball? And there may be another one coming for those not following what's happening over at Doug Kingsmore Stadium. The boys are playing very well right now. More on that in a few minutes, too. And uh, a a national champion in basketball with what uh, Don Staley's uh, South Carolina squad did last night. It is kind of fun to be able to compare titles, even though we're all fans of different schools and it all gives us something to boast about and to brag about at the water cooler. I mean, it is neat in a weird way that here in the tiny old Palmetto states, population four and a half million, basically the same size as Metro Atlanta, just a singular city. It's pretty special that you got three teams that have won national championships, including on the biggest stage in college football. It's a baseball state, too, with what Coastal Carolina did. And then even on the hardwood, on the women's side, uh, South Carolina won. It's I. I I don't want to completely dismiss that and to only take the perspective of, okay, we're fans, we're only rooting for our clubs. You know, the rest of the country thinks this is pretty cool. I've seen a lot of reporters and national pundits, Ben, say, how about South Carolina, the state, having won these three championships in the last 365 days? I mean, let's not just completely go fanboy on everything with this. It's pretty cool time right now to live inside the Palmetto State. In the snapshot of the moment, I, I, it is a neat storyline. I don't know if anybody you know remembers that a year or two years down the road. I mean, but right. but for right now, that is something everyone can kind of crow a little bit about. Uh, and you know, and let's not forget, South Carolina also won a bass fishing national championship last week. Roy, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know if you get bass you fishing serious? updates on your phone or not, like I do. But yes. They won a, some kind of bass fishing up uh, national championship. So, I mean, two in one week is – that's huge. That's huge, Roy. <laughs> huge. And, and I, I sense your condescending tone better than I ever have before. And, and let me just say this. Man, I've missed it. I, I've missed the last 10 days. <laughs> hey, hey, they all count. I, I, I am so curious well, as to what that, what that championship trophy looks like, though. If it doesn't have a fish on it, I'm really disappointed. Uh, I'm sure that it does, but I, I, 
Do you have I'm a picture of one of those things you buy at Walmart that's got the singing bass on it? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just immediately what popped in my brain when you said that. <laughs> you walk by and it starts singing Elvira. <laughs> <laughs> or something right. like that. Yeah. It's yeah. motion detection. That's All right. right. So you, you <laughs> mentioned you mentioned Coastal Carolina though, and and during the break there, it just sort of sinking in what you did last week. So you went right from. Co- did you start at Coastal or start in Wyoming? See, I appreciate that because I basically became like a one-man PR yeah. crew for the college basketball invitational on Twitter last week. So obviously you weren't paying attention, which I appreciate. Oh, it was it was it was big. Yeah. We, Go ahead. <laughs> we uh, we started in Coastal. Game one was last Monday, Coastal Carolina, and Coastal won that one by ten. And then it moved to Wyoming for game two, which that was a game that Wyoming had to win to continue the series, which they did in blowout fashion. And then game three was also at Wyoming Friday. So I was in Conway. Oh my God! Sunday night through Tuesday morning. Then flew to Laramie or flew to Denver uh, Tuesday. Drove up to Laramie, Wyoming for the first time uh, Tuesday night. Called the game Wednesday and then was there through Saturday morning uh, after game three ended uh, late Friday night. So, yeah, I was I was kind of bouncing around a little bit last week. But it, it was a really cool deal to have a basketball championship. And, and for those that don't know, the CBI is basically right after the NIT. So it goes NCAA tournament, NIT in the finals there in Madison Square Garden. And CBI, the CBI to differentiate itself, does a series for uh, its championship. So they have 16 teams. When it gets down to the final two, they play the best out of three. Um, so it was the best out of three, and they, they play it at one court for the first one, and then the other two, uh, or the, the the final two games, if there are two more, are played at the uh, the opponent's court. And it, it, it was neat. I mean, it, it is kind of like an NBA series, there's Coastal Carolina and Wyoming, and I'll tell you this. The teams that have won the CBI since it started 10 years ago, uh, Oregon won it in 2000, I think it was 2011, and that was under Dana Altman, and you see what they did this year. They made it all the way to the Final Four, but they've been on a nice little run that's kind of taken another step up the ladder every year since then. VCU won it in, in uh, 2010, the next year, they made their run to the Final Four under Shaka Smart. Uh, Nevada won it last year. This year, they won the Mountain West Conference and punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament. So teams that have won it, much like the NIT, if you have a younger team, uh, you tend to have success the next year in the big dance itself. So it, it, it's kind of a niche with the way they do it in the championship for the series. And I don't know that it ever overtakes the NIT or, you know, if it becomes more mainstream. But it was it was fun to be a part of it last week. I'll tell you that. I didn't bring it up because of basketball, Roy. Nobody cares about that. I, I brought it up because <laughs> I brought it up because of the weather. You went from you went from a place where summer started a month ago to right. a place where winter is still in in progress, back to a place where summer started a month ago. I, I mean, it's no wonder you're all sniffly today. That's so. You saw snow last week. When I left the Denver airport, and also got drove, a sunburn in the same way. Right, right, that's, right, that's pretty right, impressive. Right, right. When I left uh, my hotel to go to the Denver airport Saturday morning, it was pouring snow, and just to the west of us, they were expecting like twelve inches of snow that day, and everybody was under a winter storm warning. So I mean, there were there were all kinds 
of issues going on weather-wise uh, that were cold-natured, obviously. And then, yeah, in, in Conway, it was it was 85 and sunny. That is why I'm a little nasally today. I appreciate you noticing, and I appreciate you <laughs> not caring about the basketball tournament that I called last week. Thank you very much. Well, I, I don't, you know, it, it is. It's a CBI. I mean, I was going to say it is what it is. It's a CBI. <laughs> Still, I, I, uh, I, I do kind of casually follow, pay attention to what's happening at Coastal anyway because of, well, number one, it's a great school. Number two, Cliff Ellis is down there. Uh, Clemson, uh, unfortunately, played there the year they opened their that gym a few years back. R- nice place to to play basketball. Perfect size gym for that place. I say unfortunately because Clemson lost that road game uh, in the, in that inaugural season in that building. But yeah, I I, I kind of pay attention to Coastal Carolina. I like that school. I do too, and it's it is a nice arena, and I'm a huge fan of Cliff Ellis. I, I, I spent a lot of time with him over the course of last week. Uh, met his wife, kind of talked with her for a little bit, and we reflected on his time at Clemson. And, and one of the things I've I've always kind of enjoyed talking with him about is that 1990 team that made the run to the Sweet 16, and kind of an ongoing conversation we've had in, in recent years when I've been down there was number one, if there was instant replay back in 1990 when Tate George hit that turnaround, basically from the baseline, I don't know, about 17 feet away or so, replay probably uh, would have deemed that the clock should have started earlier than it did, and and it wouldn't have counted. And and that's something Cliff and I have talked about many, many times. We did it up in Wyoming, I think, on Thursday at uh, one of the practices. But he couldn't watch that game for, I think he told me, 15 or 16 years to see how it concluded. And I heard Tim Beret on with Mickey last week, and, and one of Mickey's questions was, you know, give me the highest point. Obviously, when, when Clemson won the national championship, that's got to be up there, and give me your lowest point. And Tim said in his almost 40 years of working at Clemson that the lowest point was Tate George's shot that eliminated Clemson from the Sweet 16 when they would have played Duke the next round, a team that they had recently beaten for a chance to go to the Final Four. And if you go back and you watch that sequence, it is so painful. I remember where I was standing on my living room rug, just in total disbelief. And, and like the camera zoomed in on Eldon Campbell after George sunk it, and, and he was beside himself. He couldn't believe. Nobody could believe it. I mean, there's like you know a second change left, and you got to go the full length of the court and hit a basket to win it. And that's exactly what UConn did. But Cliff said he couldn't watch that. I, you know, it may have been for 15 or 20 years, and the only time that he did. It was on one of those classic sports channels. Maybe it was a Fox Sports Classic or an ESPN Classic channel itself. And they were getting ready for a game. It just happened to be on, and he watched the end of it. And he still, to this day, can't believe that that sequence unfolded the way in which it did. And I I would agree with Tim. As far as all-time losses go, if you're a Clemson fan, I mean, there's been blowouts. The 2002 Tangerine Bowl the blowout to open up the 2008 campaign against Alabama down to the Georgia Dome. It was just so backbreaking. You can still feel it today almost. Uh, but that Tate-George shot, you really felt like that you had a South Carolina run in you that year, like what we just saw out of the Gamecocks. And that team featured NBA talent like Eldon Campbell and Dale Davis, and you had bigs, and you had three-point shooters. And, and then Tate-George, who's now in jail, uh, of all places, it was the guy that broke your back on the baseball pass from Scott Burrell. Ben, you probably weren't even a Clemson fan yet back then, were you? In 1990, the NCAA tournament? No, I was. I remember that. I remember that game, and I'm just thinking, I don't know that I've seen that play since then. Um, I was a, a sophomore in college at the time, 
so I, I lived here then and yeah I, I followed that um I had uh, had actually met Campbell and Davis both uh, my freshman year um and so I you know kind of had a little bit of a connection to the uh to to Clemson basketball and I I do I remember watching that remember that well I I think I would like to go back and watch that game again and it not even crossed my mind since then really I, I'll give you that game in a nutshell, and, and as a homework assignment tonight, that's something you should do if you have time to be able to do it. But Connecticut went up by, I think it was 19 points late in the first half, and, and they're making everything, and Clemson is dysfunctional on offense. And then all of a sudden, the early part of the second half, Clemson started chipping away at that lead, and they come all the way back to grab a one-point advantage with possession of the basketball with like five seconds left maybe four seconds left. Sean Tyson's at the stripe. Clemson's got a one point. This is what most people don't remember. Tyson's at the stripe. Tyson was the first guy off the bench, and he's a player that would probably start for any of Brad Burnell's teams. I mean, he was a dynamic, big, an athletic player, could, could jump out of the gym, had a decent mid-range shot. But Tyson's at the line. Ben, I want to say he shot maybe 60% from the free throw line that season for Clemson Hoops. And if he makes a couple of free throws, the best UConn can do is is tie it with a three ball. And I want to say that he missed them both. Connecticut uh, grabbed the rebound, called timeout before Burrell found George in that corner uh, for the fadeaway. And, and ironically, it was Tyson that was defending or trying to defend Tate George. And Cliff Ellis in the huddle, and he was reminding me of this the other day, was, was telling all of his guys, hey, the one thing we can't do is foul. The one thing we can't do is foul if a guy gets off a shot. And, and so everybody was thinking that. So Tyson just backs off of George right as he catches it before the turnaround fall away. And he just kind of pokes both of his hands up in the air. Doesn't even really try to make the shot more difficult. And so George got a good look. But Clemson came all the way back from a 19-point deficit only to lose. And instead of playing Duke in the Elite Eight with a chance to go to the Final Four, a team that they had beaten uh, just weeks before, uh, the season comes to an end. I, I, I tell you, had they won that game, had George not hit that shot, I think they make the Final Four. And, and who knows what happens when you get there, right? South Carolina just had a chance to win a, a national championship and, and, and took Gonzaga all the way down to the bitter end there. That Clemson team, had it won, had George not have done what he did, I'm telling you, they, they had a great chance maybe to win the whole tournament that year. But what, you know what? We'll never know. We'll never know. Because of, of Burrell to George there by UConn. And, and by the way, too, that was the start of that Jim Calhoun era. When, when they won that, that kind of catapulted UConn into becoming the basketball powerhouse that it was by the end of the 1990s. So, I mean, there was, there was a lot of things happening there. And, and, and conversely, at Clemson, Cliff Ellis and, and Clemson Hoops, they were never the same after that shot uh, for all intents and purposes. So, I mean, it's... It, it's a painful, bitter pill to swallow. And if you were a fan like me back in the day and you were watching then or you were there at the Meadowlands, God forbid, you you know exactly the picture I'm painting here because it just kind of sent both programs in completely different directions. And, and you know what, Ben, if you go to the Final Four that year, how does that change the rest of that decade for a Cliff Ellis program that you know kind of found its niche recruiting every two to three years they were going to be a really really difficult out they were going to the tournament and they were going to be upper echelon in the acc could he have brought in more talent 
around Sharon Wright and some of the other uh, cast of characters that were on campus around that time? You know, maybe so. You know, who knows? And, and so maybe we'll find out now with Frank Martin to what you were talking about earlier, if they can parlay this run into uh, into future success. But you you should watch uh-huh. that Clemson UConn game. It, it it just every emotion in the book. It, it was there in an NCAA tournament setting, no less. It was incredible. Well, I I, uh, I just watched the final clip while you were talking, and I've seen the, I've seen that play, you know, a dozen times. I just I want to watch the whole game again, but. Uh, you know, you hate that you're on the losing end of that, but that's one of the reasons that that's the type of play that makes the NCAA tournament so fantastic because every year it feels like there's a couple of plays like that that's just so improbable that it works, yet it's a, a game-winning type play. And, you know, for all the talk uh, and all the attention that that uh, Christian Leitner's pass and turnaround, you know, jumper gets this is really a more impressive play that you know what UConn did the ball went further and it was a much more contested shot um that you know that 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 sends them to the elite eight uh I mean just god you hate that you're on the losing end of that but what a great play in today's era though Roy that game that shot probably gets waved off because he he, right you can't can't do all that in one second Correct. That's exactly right. And that was Cliff's point again to me in, in our conversation. And he's maintained that uh, the last couple of years. And I always bring it up and he's always quick to point out, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Replay would have suggested that the clock should have started much sooner and that the ball would have still been in his hands with uh, the clock hitting triple zeros. Uh, there's no doubt about it. In NCAA tournament lore, that shot, I would put in the top five. I, I would still rank Leitner's ahead of it because Christian Leitner in that game, people forget this, was perfect. He was 10 for 10 uh, from the field or 10 for 10 from the line and 8 for 8 from the, uh, from the field. I think that's what it was, 10 for 10 from the line, 8 for 8 from the field. Didn't miss a single shot. And that game against Kentucky was played at such a high level where you had crazy shot after crazy shot going. The shot before Leitner's, was a running one-hander in the lane that banked in in heavy traffic. Uh, and, it, you know, it, it banked in in such a way. If you play basketball, you know what I mean when I tell you this. You ever bank a shot in where you can tell it looked like that you didn't mean to bank it in, where it just hits the heart of the square, maybe a little bit lower than the heart of the square, and it goes straight through the net quickly? That's how that shot went in for Kentucky to take the lead before Leitner hit that game winner. And that was for a chance, I, I believe it was, to go to the Final Four. I think that was a regional final. So uh, that one, to me, probably still ranks up there. I think Tyus Edney had a full-court, uh, you know, coast-to-coast layup that uh, advanced UCLA the year they won the national championship. That one's probably up there. The Bryce Drew shot for Valpo, Tate George shot for UConn, Mario Chalmers, the, the uh, three-ball for Kansas uh, back in 2008 that lifted Bill Self to his only national championship. That one's probably up there somewhere. It's great to reflect on some of those memories. Always a lot of fun. Our second hour brought to you by the Kiwi Financial Group. And the time is now for you to get your finances in order. And Clemson Graduate is going to help you do it. Go to KiwiFG.com. If your 401K needs a little bit of assistance, Randy Strickland and Greg Wales have got your back. Nearly 60 years of combined investing experience. They know how to get the job done. Perhaps you need to get things settled, your finances settled. Uh, to make sure that your kids can go to college. They can assist you with that. If it's saving, investing, 
If you've got questions, they've got answers. The Kiwi Financial Group, kiwifg.com. You can go by and see them, 402 Pendleton Road, right beside Max Drive-In. You go by, you see Randy and Greg. You go by, have a burger afterwards at Max. You call them today for more information, 654-5043. The experts in the area, Kiwi Financial Group, kiwifg.com, 654-5043. Here in 2017, the time is now to get those finances in order. Randy Strickland, Greg Wales have got your back. Phone calls coming up. Brad and Greenville will join us next. 654-7627 is a phone number. 654-ROAR. The Northland Communications phone lines. Stupid Tate George. We're back with much more after this. Anytime is a great time to buy jewelry from Reed's Jewelers in Haywood Mall. Whether it's a diamond for her, a watch for him, or maybe something special for an upcoming graduate. No matter the occasion, Reed's will dazzle you. Endorsed by Roar listeners like Zeke. I'm calling in for one of your sponsors, man. Wally over there, Reed Jewelers. Go check him out. They'll get you what you need. If not, he'll find it, and he will definitely take care of you. Zeke loves Reed's Jewelers. You will as well. Reed's Jewelers, Haywood Mall, next to Belk. Online at reeds.com. Retrauma in cooperation with Ready SC seeks qualified applicants for positions at its new Spartanburg facility. Potential employment opportunities include coding and casting machine operators, compounding batch operator, and converting slitting operators. Retrauma manufactures a full line of pressure-sensitive adhesive roll stock material. Retrauma offers competitive wages and full benefits packages. Go to sctechjobs.com for full job descriptions and to apply today. Retrauma is an equal opportunity employer. Looking to consolidate your debt into one easy monthly payment with a fixed low interest rate and no fees? If you have good to excellent credit, there's now an effortless way to refinance credit cards and other debt. We're Lightstream, the nation's premier online lender, and we have great news. Right now, there's never been an easier way to refinance debt. With no collateral required, no appraisals, no long wait times, and no fees. Just go to Lightstream and apply in minutes, and you can have funds as soon as that very day. With Lightstream, you can be confident you'll get a competitive interest rate because we back our rates with a rate beat program. Learn more at lightstream.com. Right now, radio listeners get a special rate discount when you go to lightstream.com and enter promo code 7777 in the upper right corner. That's lightstream.com, promo code 7777 for a rate discount. Lightstream.com, code 7777. Subject to credit approval, conditions and limitations apply. Advertise rates, terms, and promotions are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com for important terms and conditions about Lightstream, same-day funding, and our rate beat program. Equal housing lender. Life insurance. You know you need it, but do you have enough? 85% of U.S. consumers agree they need it, but only 44% of United States households have individual life insurance, an all-time low. When asked why they didn't have life insurance, many said, nobody asked me about it. Well, make no mistake, I'm asking you today. Maybe it's because the process can be difficult. Maybe it's because the process can be frustrating. But as an independent insurance broker, we have all the best plans and rates. Life insurance is not for the people who die. It's for the people who live. Life insurance helps us protect what matters most, our family. Call us today to get a free quote, 467-8738. I'm Guy, the insurance guy, and what we do is simple. We make life insurance easier. Everybody knows the story. You can't sleep on a bed that's too hard. You can't sleep on a bed that's too soft. But you can sleep on a bed that's just right. 
engineered slate might not have been around when Goldilocks was written, but they know that a bed that's just right is made just for you. It's not just a fairy tale. They actually build a mattress based on your sleep habits and patterns so that you can get that Goldilocks kind of sleep. And if after a couple of weeks you find it's not perfect, Engineered Sleep will adjust it until it is. Visit their location at 627 Congaree Road to see the process and learn how your mattress is made. By manufacturing your custom-made mattress at their factory, you're saving money because there's no middleman. Factory to you. And you can score a significant discount by picking your mattress up instead of having it delivered. Engineered Sleep, it's not mattress shopping, it's an experience. Five-star talents with two-star looks. We are WCCP 105.5 The Roar. Second hour continues on a stormy Monday with Ben Milstead, Boy Phil Pye. The good news is we are with you all week long. The great news is Friday live from George Coleman Ford. Looking forward to getting back to the dealership. Give you a comprehensive preview of the upcoming Orange and White game Saturday. Hard to believe spring practice is almost over. We are in the month of April. The Masters is back this week. The national championship in the NCAA tournament is tonight. What has happened to the first three months of 2017? It is just flash by us in an unbelievable manner. And yet here we are with all these things ending. And then now the... Uh, beginning of summer it's going to be here before you know it you want to talk about any of that what by the way what's happened in the first three months is this what happens when you get older ben and i are both now in our 40s mm-hmm. ben's a lot older than i am but we're in our 40s is this just how it works the older you get the quicker time goes is that how this thing works completely yeah uh, months become weeks and weeks become days and that's really what it feels like i I didn't even have march i i don't know what you people did for the last 31 <laughs> days but i didn't have march <laughs> I went February, April. That's pretty much what I did, too. I think I spent the entire month of March in the airport, uh, but not doing that anymore and feel very good about it now the basketball season has concluded. You want to talk about that 654 roar? A lot of things to get into. Tournament tonight, the championship, Gonzaga, North Carolina. We'll give you thoughts and a prediction on that. We kind of already done that a little bit. We'll go into more detail about it here in our final 90 minutes. Some college football to get into as we reference opening day for Major League Baseball. SunTrust Park is getting ready down in Braves country, which is just fantastic. We'll talk about any of those things. Professional golf, the Masters, we can do that as well. 654-ROAR is the phone number. 654-7627. we got Brad in Greenville up with us next. Brad, good afternoon. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing great, buddy. It's great to hear from you today. Yeah, thanks. Um, I what, wasn't able to listen earlier, so I don't know if you guys covered this at all, but the Lexi Thompson situation from yesterday, um, I don't watch a lot of LPGA, but I happened to flip that on yesterday. And, I mean, just what a bad look for the LPGA. Um, as if the, the, the Dustin Johnson situation last year wasn't bad enough. But then, you know, to come up to somebody after they've played 12 holes, uh, in their final round in the lead of a major and say, hey, something you did yesterday that we didn't catch, um, somebody happened to call in, and we're going to give you a four-stroke penalty? I mean, could you imagine mm. another sport where anything like that happened? Um, I, it was unbelievable to me. And the fact that she still was able to make the playoff 
pull herself together and make the playoff. It was just, I, I couldn't believe what was happening. You know, golf, when it comes to rules, and I think a lot of golfers will tell you this is something that they pride themselves on, but it's basically stuck back in the 1800s. And, Brad, we're going to give you our take on this right now. We appreciate the phone call. For those that missed it, and the rules are stuck in the 1800s, and I'm not a fan of it either. And to me, it's something that's got to that's change. But for those that missed it, you had the first LPGA major of the year this weekend. Thompson is basically in cruise control on the back nine. I I believe she was about three shots clear in the lead after the 12th hole, the final round at Mission Hills Country Club. And it was at that point when officials informed her she had been penalized two strokes for incorrectly replacing her ball on the 17th green the previous day. So the 22-year-old American was then penalized the two strokes there, and then an additional two strokes for subsequently signing an incorrect scorecard. Now, to uh, the caller's point, she eventually bounced back from that. So think about it. She went from a three-shot lead to then trailing by one. She had enough in her to be able to force a playoff, which she eventually lost. But was it not for this stupid rule that somebody on television uh, basically saw her incorrectly mark her golf ball on the green the previous day. If it weren't for the stupid rule allowing somebody to call in and say, hey, you need to look at this, she would have won the first major of the year in the LPGA. It, it's ridiculous. I always laugh and kind of scoff when golfers just take so much pride in these kinds of ancient rules. When you conclude a round and nothing was deemed to be inappropriate, there's no way you can go back in after the fact and say, well, wait a second. She didn't mark her ball the way that she needed to mark it. I mean, it's just so ridiculous, and it didn't impact really anything that happened with what she did. It's so ridiculous. If you get off the green and that score is recorded, you can't have somebody a million miles away calling in and say, wait a second, she didn't do this by the rules. She broke a rule. You can't call in 12 hours later and say, go back and review it. Then penalize her two strokes for that, and then penalize her another two because she signed an incorrect scorecard. Totally, totally mm. ridiculous. Totally laughable. And I, you know, I, I didn't really see or hear much about this until earlier this morning. It was downright offensive when you think about it. And, and you know, props to Lexi Thompson for bouncing back and forth in the playoff. But, you know, she did her very best to collect her composure. I, I, ben, there's no way I could have done it. I'll tell you right now, I would have totally lost my cool. I would have gone hothead on the on the on the rules <laughs> people there, the officials, and and I probably would have been banned, Happy Gilmore style, from LPGA events for like the rest of the year. I couldn't have done it. She did it. At least give her props for that. I, I know there's just there's so many things wrong with this, uh, but the first thing to me is the fact that someone can watch it on television in slow motion and you know with their DVR and rewind and fast forward and all that stuff I mean just a just a fan watching on TV can do that and point out a rule uh, violation is just that's laughable to me especially since every every shot is not on television the fact that she was in the lead at the time is the reason that the cameras are on her in the first place if she's in tenth place, probably no, no. I mean, nobody sees that. So, the the leader already has an unfair advantage because there are more eyeballs watching that. And it's a, and it's not that she's intentionally trying to, to uh, you know, to get away with something. I mean, it's not like she kicked it from behind her, uh, a tree with her foot like I would do. It's right. Uh, you know, 
she she misplaces the ball by an inch, and uh, 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 somebody can call in and do that. That ends up costing her, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in the end. I, it's just that's. I respect Goff for the stance they take on on rules. I really do. I, I it, it's a gentleman's game, and that's the reason that you use that phrase. That's part of the reason. Uh, you know, you you play golf largely with the honor system, but there there's a there's a time where you have to just say enough's enough. And if there is nothing honorable <laughs> about how that no. whole thing unfolded, I mean, think no, about that's like not honorable at all. The college football equivalent would be officials coming in the day after the national championship game and saying, you know what, Hunter Renfro, Artavis Scott, pick the Alabama defenders there. That should have been a penalty. Oh, by the way, here's the flag 24 hours after the fact. And you didn't score a touchdown there. And, by the way, the clock is officially out of time because of the 10-second runoff with an offensive penalty. So Alabama is the national champion 24 hours later. You can't play a sport like it's 1903. Golf needs to get its crap together. It's not honorable for Lexi Thompson to have lost the first major of the year the way in which she did, especially when officials approach her on the back nine of the final round when she's got a three-shot lead. I mean, think about the laughability of all of that. I mean, it's like every single cardinal sin that could be committed by an official umpire or anybody was committed there in the LPGA yesterday against Lexi Thompson. It's just it, – it's totally, totally ridiculous. And you know what? We, we could spend probably two or three shows breaking that down decisively on the replay and what she did on the green – to incur the penalty. And, and look, maybe you want to come back and give her the penalty. That's fine. She didn't know that she incorrectly signed or that she signed an incorrect scorecard. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's just so ridiculous. At some point, it's got to be done. She walks off the green, score is recorded. Later, there's a two-shot penalty, maybe. Four shots for signing an incorrect scorecard. It's just completely stupid. Six five four seven six two seven national championship game tonight with North Carolina and Gonzaga. Who do you like? Give us your thoughts. Hey, Roy, back on the North Lane Communication phone lines. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I guess bringing this back to basketball in our conversation a second in the last segment. If we could do that in other sports, I'm calling in today and saying Tate George did not get the shot off in time. There we go. There you go. Beautiful. Boom. That's that's right. So Clemson did advance to the Elite Eight. Can we get like an alumni basketball game together from that 90 Clemson team and the 90 Duke team? And let's see who the better team is now, and then maybe that'll mean something now. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. What a great comparison that is. Uh, Let's get to Tar Heel Kyle up with us next. Kyle, we appreciate your patience. Welcome to the show today. Hey, what's going on, Roy? You doing okay? Doing well, buddy. Good to hear from you. Big one coming up tonight. Good, good, good. Yeah, we've got a big one. I, I, I'll be honest, it, it, it seems, you know, eerily similar to, to last year. I know Villanova went yep. in last year, and nobody really gave them credit because they have never really made it to the Final Four and finally make it, and, you know, it was heartbreaking last year. So, this, you know, it feels kind of the same way because they came in and nobody really gave them a chance because they just really hadn't. Um, you know, they've been one season before, but they, you know, um, hadn't really made it there, so. Um, but my thoughts tonight are, you know, Gonzaga is really the, the one team in the country that can match up with us size-wise. Um but what I think is going to come down to, I think it's, you know, it's Justin Jackson and his defense. I think, um, you know, he shut Malik Monk down in the Elite Eight. He shut um, Tyler Dorsey down last, you know, um, on Saturday night. And uh, I think if we can um, have him guard Nigel Williams-Goss, I think if, if we can shut down him a little bit and 
you know, not let him go for 20, 25 points, uh, I think we will we'll probably get this done. What are your, what are your thoughts? So, you know, Gonzaga is so, so good at dribble driving and, you know, playing a little high-low and shooting shooting threes. I know that um, Joel Berry's been hurt and he hadn't, you know, his last two or three games, he's really just kind of been a shell of himself and not being able to, He's you know, if, he, if he's running a straight line, he's fine. But if he has to move around and, and cut and stuff, I don't know if that ankle's doing well. And so he's had some, some pretty tough games. What are your thoughts here? Uh, you know, Gonzaga's going to make some shots and um, it looks like they have pretty good transition defense as well. So I think it's going to come down to um, being able to guard them and, and uh, being able to run some sets on offense. So I just wanted to, to call and pick your brain on what you think about, you know, the Justin Jackson uh, potentially guarding Nigel Williams-Goss, and I'll take your comments off there, and I appreciate it. All right, Kyle, we appreciate you too. Uh, you mentioned defense in this game. I, I don't know that we're going to see a ton of that on either side, and mainly I suggest that because both teams are so good offensively. I mean, chances are you're going to have to score about 80, 82 points to win this one. Gonzaga right now is playing with this free-flowing spirit and, and confidence shooting the basketball that reminds me a lot of Villanova last year. One of the things I still can't get past, and I, I just think back to the Zags' only loss this season was against BYU, the same BYU team that got blown out at home against UT Arlington and the NIT a few weeks ago. I always come back to that and I'm thinking, wait a second, they lost to that team? And now they're going to win the national championship. They've played a lot different, a lot better since then. But it's just something that uh, gnaws at me for some reason. You're going to have to score 80 to win tonight. Carolina is capable of doing it. I- I'm fascinated to see the matchups down low with Karnowski and Meeks and-, and Hicks and the other seven-footer for the Zags. You're just going to have to find your stride, I think, for three. The one area where I just favor North Carolina a little bit more than Gonzaga. And maybe it comes down to this in the final two minutes or so. Carolina played in this game last year, had its heart stomped on last year, and that shot by Chris Jenkins at the buzzer after the miracle heave by Marcus Page just seconds before. They've made it all the way back where Gonzaga right now is playing in its first Final Four. Yeah, they beat the Gamecocks. Yes, there were some dicey moments late. But on this stage where you're playing for the championship, does the experience of Carolina and what promises to be a nip-and-tuck affair late, does the experience of Baby Blue just give them an edge when it comes to grabbing a loose basketball, grabbing a board, making a big shot, getting a big stop, whereas the pressure against Gonzaga mounts up and they don't make that play. And if you just ask me, just big picture, what do I think happens tonight? Ben, I think it's a 79-77 game with a minute to play. And whatever happens, Carolina makes the one play that it needs to make to find a way to win the game. And, and you know, whether that's by two or three or by just a single point, I think that's how it shakes out. Matchup-wise, Gonzaga's got the bigs. To, to go against Meeks, who's coming off a career game, or Hicks, or the rest of those those post players for Carolina with Karnowski. It was this other seven-footer. I think it's Collins, who had a phenomenal yeah. game against South Carolina. They've got the bigs to compete. They've got great coaches. Few is probably a better tactical coach than Roy Williams. But I will lean on the experience of Carolina tonight and what I think is going to be a really close game late. They will find a way to win where Gonzaga on the big stage won't make that final play to get the job done. You know, normally I would agree with that, but I feel like Gonzaga is a seasoned team, even though they haven't been in this situation. 
Uh, I, I mean, it is a huge stage. 70,000 people tonight in the biggest game of, of these guys' lives. Um, and, and, and there's a ton of pressure that comes along with that. I get that. But I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, I, I feel like I feel like it's the Zags night. Um, I, I don't – North Carolina is here. North Carolina's beaten some really good teams. But I don't think – I don't feel like they're playing great basketball right now. The, the right. injuries there bother me. The inc- inconsistent play by, you know, guys like Nate Britt and some others. You know, that is this a night that Justin Jackson decides not to show up again offensively? You know, I – I just feel like the like Gonzaga has been the more consistent team here in right. how they've played through the tournament, and I and they tell have me where been. I'm wrong. I, I, right, I can't dispute that. I, I can't dispute that. I'll compare it to what Clemson went through, and you know, getting through in the college football playoff, and arguably the Tigers were playing better in football than Carolina has been playing in basketball in this NCAA tournament run. They lost in devastating fashion last year at the buzzer. They found a way to get back here. I tend to believe you'll get a thousand percent effort, thousand percent execution. Joel Barry's ankle, uh, Joel Barry the Second's ankle concerns me a little bit to the caller's point. But man, this is it. You you got the rest of the off season to heal up and get ready for whatever's coming up next. I, being here last year and as close as they were, and you don't want to hear it, but the brand of Carolina and the confidence of that team in this setting, I think will be enough. I think it'll be enough. That being said, Gonzaga scares the daylights out of me because they're playing with such confidence, especially shooting, whether it's Williams Goss or any of their other players that have transferred in up to Spokane. This is going to be a really good game, a really competitive game. It'll come down to the final two minutes, and Carolina will make a play to win another championship. Hour two continues. More of your calls. Stay tuned. On March 22, 1933, FDR signed the Cullen Harrison Act, making beer legal again as of April 7th. That's why we celebrate National Beer Day. So join me this Friday at Joe's New York Pizza in Clemson for a special Road Rage National Beer Day party starting at 3. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Another eventful and successful weekend for Clemson baseball as they went to Atlanta and took a series from the Yellow Jackets of Georgia Tech. Two games to one. The Tigers won Friday night's game by a score of 11-6. to six. Georgia Tech would come back, take the Saturday game 5-1, and then Clemson would take the rubber game in the series 13-6 yesterday in Atlanta. And it was a big offensive day for the Tigers on the road yesterday as the Tigers scored 13 runs in the first three innings of play. Three in the first. They put seven on the board in the second inning as all seven batters who came to the plate in that second inning or the first seven that came to the plate all scored. And then three more in the third. Ree Rollman was the big offensive star for the Tigers yesterday as he went three for five at the plate and his first two home runs of the year won a grand slam in the second inning and then he came back to the plate in the third and hit a three-run shot with the win. Clemson now moves to 24-5 and overall, 10-2 and in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Georgia Tech fell to 15-11 and and 4-8 and in conference play. The Tigers will take off tomorrow. They'll head to Athens, Georgia for a showdown with the Georgia Bulldogs. And our report brought to you by the Greenville Health System, the official healthcare research partner of Clemson University. You don't have to be a runner to need orthopedic surgery. It can happen to anyone. Thankfully, everyone in the upstate has access to a health system that's setting the pace in orthopedic care. 
Yes, few hospitals in the country are making strides in joint replacement like Greenville Health System, where an amazing new procedure has knee replacement patients walking comfortably and even back at home the same day. That's a giant step in orthopedics happening right here in the upstate. Learn more at ghs.org slash ortho. Greenville Health System, advancing healthcare for generations. Our report is presented by Greenville Health System, the official healthcare research partner of Clemson University. The Iron Yard, offering part-time and full-time courses in web development for people interested in launching a career in programming. Now enrolling in Greenville. For more information about learning to code, visit theironyard.com slash Greenville. The Iron Yard, take charge of your career. Hey, buddy, what's that? Oh, it's an app I loaded to help people find healthcare around Clemson. Listen, healthcare in Clemson. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. That's where I see my doc. Yeah, but that's all it ever says, see? I need urgent care. And Mad Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. Hey, that's Care Connect. Okay, try this. Primary care physicians. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. Huh, we gotta make this harder. I need lab tests. And x-rays. And OBGYN. A flu shot. A CT scan. Pediatrician. Cardiac care. Electrophysiologist. And Med Health Clemson on Tiger Boulevard. It doesn't take an app to find quality health care around Clemson. And MedHealth Clemson is bringing our urgent care, primary care, specialty, and diagnostic services to one convenient address. Visit nmedhealth.org slash Clemson. What business doesn't like to save a little money where they can? Crute LED has partnered with Duke Power to do just that. Whether you need LED tube lights, $4 after rebate, LED high bay fixture, $79 after rebate, parking pole light, $99 after rebate, or 6-inch down lights, $4 after rebate, Crute LED will pass on Duke Power rebate up front to you with a verification of your business's Duke Power bill. Visit online at CruteLED.com or visit their office at 109 Interstate Boulevard in Anderson right before J. Peters on exit 19B. Unfiled tax returns, payroll tax problems, IRS levies, liens, garnishments, audits. Call the local lawyer who looks out for you and will get you the result you deserve. David Green at the Green Law Firm. Call for a free consultation at 271-7940. It's the Roy Philpott Show. How long are we supposed to do this? I'm getting hungry. And now back to Roy and Ben on 105.5 The Roar. I don't mind you coming here. Second hour continues. Storms continue in the upstate. Be careful out there. What were you telling me a few seconds ago? You were looking out across the way and you couldn't even see the trees across from the world headquarters there? Yeah, there, there's a, 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 a row of pine trees about, I don't know, 175 yards maybe from where I'm sitting. And just a moment there during the break and looking out across uh, the studio through the door. I can't see the trees. It it was like it was sm- yeah. it was it was like a, a fire going on and just smoke, but it's not smoke. It's rain and it's a uh, it's coming down in buckets right now. But I pouring buckets. I, you know, I, I, I realize there's the chance of the a potential threat of uh, you know some really severe weather, but we <laughs> we've kind of lost our mind a little bit here. We've kind kind of gone a little crazy. Uh, I mean, I've gotten weather reports not only from both of my kids, uh, their elementary school, their high school, but also even my oldest son's college about their plan for this afternoon. And I'm just like, you know, 
buy, buy, buy a bigger umbrella. <laughs> I mean, <we're, laughs> you know, it sounds like you've be been hanging okay. out with Depp Tula too much. That, we're that we're going like to be Walt okay. Ism. We're going to be okay, you know. And and, and if we're not, uh, I, okay. Uh, somebody else will fill in for me tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's rain. It, it's not a. It's not a. It's not the apocalypse coming here. Well, there's some storms. You know, there's a chance for tornadoes, perhaps. So you always want to be careful with that. I, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, we'll talk some more sports here in this segment. More about the championship game coming up tonight between Gonzaga and North Carolina. Uh, by the way, the metrics, like if you read 538 or subscribe to Ken Palm or your, you know, Quack and Bush geeky style, the metrics all support Gonzaga winning. Vegas, of course, supports North Carolina because of the power of that brand. And you know, it's just Carolina. I think the Tar Heels are favored by about a point and a half. If I was leaning one way or another, I'd probably go with baby blue minus a point and a half, even though I just gave you the scenario. You I, you know what? Tonight on Twitter, this is what I want. I, I'm going to ask this for the first time ever. When it's 79-77 with about 90 seconds left, and then Carolina comes and they, they, they find a way to hold on a winner, they bounce back and they win it. I don't know if they'll cover the one and a half. I think they probably do, but it's going to be really close. But when it's that late in the game, I, I just want to be reminded on Twitter, hey, you know what? You told us this was going to happen today. Because I, it's just, I, I can see it coming from 567 miles away. I mean, if 6,317 miles away, it's coming at me right now. High scoring, <laughs> close game. You're probably the only one that caught that in the upstate. And it there. just comes <laughs> and it just comes down to like the last three possessions, and, and that's when Carolina will turn it on, and somehow, some way, they'll find a way to win it. So it, you know what tonight is? Tonight is let's go with this. Tonight is eighty-one seventy-seven, baby blue. And, and when it hits close to that mark tonight, just send me a note and say, "Hey, I was listening today. You got it." And uh, you know what? Good stuff with that. That's all. And you know what? If it doesn't, you can call. You can uh, tweet and. And uh, and rip me a new one too if that's what you want to. But I, I think eighty one seventy seven final possession or two, and, and Carolina will get a stop, or Gonzaga won't make the shot, and then they'll get free throws to cover the number. That that's how it's going to shake out tonight, Ben. I don't think North Carolina will score that many points on the Zags. Now, I mean, maybe shut your mouth. Maybe they win, but I don't know that they're going to score that many points. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll get. The points in the paint that they're used to uh, could could be wrong, but I, I don't know. Something about tonight feels like it could be an un, unusually low-scoring game uh, by by North Carolina standards. Nine twenty tip. You're gonna have to stay up late to watch it. I'll be I, doing I, that for sure. I got to go home and take a nap. I'm that's tough. Just to get ready. Just to get ready on the text line. Uh, this one comes in from William over in Due West, South Carolina. And he says, Roy, should we pull for Gonzaga just because Karnowski looks like a much taller basketball form of Ben Bulware? And I'm like, man, speaking of Twitter, that's exactly what I posted Saturday uh, during the Final Four when I'm just watching Karnowski play. And I'm just looking, I'm like, wait a second, man, this guy looks like Ben Bulware playing hoops. And, and so I, I posted that on Twitter. I was like, you know what? If if he was playing, this is who, this is who he would be, right? He would be uh, Shimmick Karnowski, the, the the Polish big. For the Zags, right? I mean, they're almost identical, aren't they? And even before I saw your tweet about that, which I completely agree with, I was watching one of their games and hearing the announcers talk about him, and I was like, son of a gun, they say the same thing about him as we said about Ben Bulware all year. 
He's he's a lot faster than he looks. Much more athletic than he looks. <laughs> like <laughs> that is that has been Bulware all over again. <laughs> and, and so tonight, if Gonzaga wins it, he gets up there on the stage with Jim Nance, and he says, "This isn't just for our players now, and for Mark Few now. This goes all the way back to John Stockton. He built the foundation in '85. Yes, you, John Stockton, and Adam Morrison, and all the great Zags of previous years. Shimmick Karnowski. He's going to deliver a speech for the ages tonight." I love Love it. I'm just impressed you remember all those former players. Oh, yeah. Well, I, mean, I hate Stockton. I, I can't stand Stockton. Stockton still to this very day, when they zoom on his fat face in the crowd if he's watching a Zags game, and I think he still lives close to Spokane, um, but they zoom in on his face, and, and he's got this scowl. He has the same stupid scowl that he used to play with when he was elbowing people and undercutting bigs. He was one of the most dirtiest players in the history of the NBA. And that little stupid facial expression tells you all that you need to know. He was a dirty player. Oh, my gosh. I didn't like him when he played for the Jazz. I didn't like him and the mailman doing their little antics the whole time in the 1990s. And I don't like him now. I don't, I don't like Stockton. That's, but I do remember that he played at Gonzaga, and I guess in a weird way, Ben, uh, he helped put uh, the Zags on the map. So I, I don't know. Good, good for him, I guess. Whatever. I, I don't like John Stockton. Well, that's not an expression on his face. That's expressionless. He's had that yeah. exact same look since like 1987. He's, his face has not moved a, a bit. Uh, he, he could be a statue for all I know. Is, is he the one? Yeah. Didn't he used to shooting foul shots? He would do something that was like a signal to his, to his kids. Am I thinking about the right uh, player? That was Malone, I think, oh, that okay. used to do that. Well, same <laughs> Okay, I was close. Same, same, same guy. I, no, you know, Malone, like he, w- he would bounce it a couple of times, and he was a poor free throw shooter when he got into the NBA. I think he played his college ball at Louisiana Tech. I think I'm right in saying that, but he was a poor free throw shooter. And, and so, like, he, he would bounce it a couple of times, and he would spin it maybe once or twice, and then he would always say something. Like, you could see him kind of mouth the words of something. And I want to say that that was a way that he – uh, you know, let his kids know or something that, that he was thinking about him. I, I'm not a thousand percent sure on that, but I think that's who it was. Stockton wouldn't do it. I think Stockton is like an all-American dad. He's probably, he, he, I don't think he's a bad dude away from the court. But like I said, uh, on the court, I, uh, he was uh, despicable. And I thought all those Utah teams were underrated. And, and even Malone. Malone, as a power forward, goes down, technically is one of the all-time greats. He never won a championship. He chased one with the Lakers that one season. Still didn't win it. I, I felt like they were overrated, and, and guys like Tim Duncan and, and other power forwards that came out, the stretch forwards after Malone, uh, I think were, uh, I don't know, better players. Or I just I still feel like the mailman was somewhat overrated. I, I, I don't know. J- really Jason sure Kidd's who I was thinking of. Jason Kidd. Would J- Jason Kidd did that too? Yeah, he would. He, and, uh, he would and, wipe his sweat or something? Yeah, well, and then uh, uh, Jeff Hornacek did, the, did that too. Hornacek would, roll, would wipe the side of his, would like wipe a That's cheek. That's right. And that was a message to his, uh, to his kids. Uh, message so, to his kids so that, that he loved them. I just, just found okay, that. Okay, all right. So that Utah Jazz team, let's go from like 94 to 99, had Malone, Stockton, and Hornacek. And Malone had a weird free throw habit. It's not a very good free throw shooter, although he got better late. And then Hornacek had a weird one, although it's kind of a cool story. And he was an outstanding shooter. And by the way, Hornacek, of course, the current coach of the New York Knicks, who are just fading off into the sunset into oblivion of just eternally sucking. The Knicks have been so bad. 
uh, for such a long period of time. I don't know that they're ever going to get better. Second hour has been brought to you by Complete Nutrition, three upstate locations. Uh, they are ready to talk with you. They're product specialists, supplement specialists. If you're trying to lose weight before you got to take the shirt off down to the beach this summer, Complete Nutrition is going to help you do that and kickstart those fitness goals like right now with three upstate locations. East Blackstock Road in Spartanburg, Woodruff Road in Greenville, North Main Street in downtown Anderson. There is one close to you. Go to CompleteNutrition.com. You can find out more information. Author new products that are coming out just in time for summer. They'll help you sleep better at night. They'll help you uh, curb your appetite so you're not hungry all the time. They're going to increase your energy level, increase testosterone levels naturally. And you know what that means? It's nothing but good stuff at Complete Nutrition, online at CompleteNutrition.com. Any one of their upstate locations, their product specialists will help you out today. Hour two in the books, hour three coming up. More of your calls, more college basketball and football up next. Unruly in the Blue Ridge Security Studio. What are our young people coming to these days? We are WCCP. Clemson Greenville. 1055. The Roar. As a business, you want a clean facility for your customers, your staff, and your guests. Turn to the best in the industry. Jan Pro, you are hiring a company whose staff is certified, not just trained. They're insured and bonded, and they go through an intense five-week certification program. They're local business owners growing the local economy. And 